I wanted to start a little bit with a story about uh, my sister and I from when I was in college, my sister was in high school. And uh, this, I was coming back from AM and I was seeing my family that weekend. And at that point, my sister and I were both able to drive and we were going to decide that we wanted to watch a movie. Now, these were really primitive times. You see, back then, if you wanted to watch a movie, you had to actually leave your home, drive to a place that had movies in these little boxes called cassettes, okay? And the thing is that if you wanted to watch it, you had to borrow, rent one of those cassettes and take it home and put it in this thing called a VCR to play it. Now, I know, right? It's not blockbuster. I know, it's a really strange term. But here's the thing. Here's, here's just how, uh, you know, uh, backwards it really was. Is that if they didn't have one of those little boxes there, you couldn't watch the movie. Oh, my word. I mean, what kind of a world did we live in back then? I don't even know. So, but at that time, when uh, in these prehistoric days, is that uh, my sister and I, for whatever reason, we were caravaning down to the blockbuster. I don't know why we were not in the same vehicle. But my sister was following me, and we were getting up to a yellow light, and it was kind of one of those where it's like, okay, I could probably kind of push through, but my sister behind me, you know, she would definitely have to run that red. So I'm thinking to myself, I need to go ahead and slow down for this yellow light. But I look behind me, and I swear, my sister was this close to my bumper. Now, I, I realize that this may be a little bit ageist, but if a high school student is this close behind her bumper, I am not slamming on my brakes. I'm sorry, there, it is not. It's just you only had so many years of experience, and I'm not risking it. So I went through that orange-ish light, and I swear she definitely went through red. Okay, it was definitely red. We get the blockbuster, and we put in the parking lot. She was like, Jason, why did you, why did you go ahead and push through that light? And I was just like. I was like, you realize how close you were to me on that bumper. But I swear to this day, she was like, oh, no, I was never that close. So if and when she hears this sermon, you see, following people can oftentimes be harder than it seems. And see, we've been spending the last few weeks talking about listening to God and following God, but what does following even look like? And that's the thing, is that following can oftentimes be trickier than we may think. And we have a couple of stories that we've been looking at. One of them was, uh, was about Samuel. And definitely, uh, props to Rose for the 21st uh, passage that she needed to read for today. So thank you for that. With it is that Samuel's story, it really comes from a mother's love in so many ways, but also that dedication. You see, his mother, Hannah, wasn't able to have children. And she's praying and saying, God, if you were to give me a child, I will dedicate that child to you. And Samuel ended up being her firstborn. And so Samuel ends up living with the priests at the temple and is raised to become one of the priests. Now, growing up there, it, it, it's, it's got to be very difficult to try to understand what it is to listen not just to the priest, but also to listen to God. You see, with that is that whenever you're young and you're trying to 
figure out all the different influences around you, and then all of a sudden, you feel that you're hearing a voice in the night calling out to you. And Samuel ends up going to Eli, the priest, and wants to find out what's going on. And Eli keeps telling him, I'm not the one who calls you. And finally figures out, maybe this is God speaking to Samuel. Isn't that tricky sometimes? Is that we're raising the next generation, but sometimes we're a little hesitant to actually believe when God is leading them down a path that we may not quite be ready for? You see, that's the thing about this, is that Eli already knew that there were some issues at hand. See, Eli, he had these two sons, and they were not the best sons in the world. See, not only was it that as priests, they were supposed to allow the meat to be boiled, and, you know, before there was a, this whole sacrifice for God, and then, then they were able to reach in and take a portion of the meat to eat as the priest. But instead, they were saying, no, 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 before you do any of that, you got to take this fatty piece off of it and give it to us so we can roast it. I mean, because, I mean, of course, you know, back then there was no such thing as cholesterol. I mean, that, there was no such thing as a heart attack back then, right? That's only modern science, right? Oh, the saddest things. But back then, when people would grab this fatty food, it was going to end up being so delicious. But that wasn't how God wanted it to be. And they were not only offending God, but they were causing other people to lose respect for God because of the way that his priests were acting. But more than that is they were even promiscuous with the women that were serving at the front gates, the ones that were meant to be serving in that community. Their behavior was terrible, and Eli had been confronted with that. That's the thing, though, is that sometimes... Sometimes we have to be able to pause and hear from those who don't have the same baggage that we do. See, that's the thing about what we end up seeing with Eli, is that he has no interest in trying to shame Eli. Samuel has no interest in trying to shame Eli. And Eli needs to know what it is that he had to say. And that's the thing, is that what God tells Samuel it's just affirming for Eli what he already knows. Isn't that hard to hear sometimes? Is that the very person that we think, you're not someone that I should have to listen to, but what they have to say ends up being, it sometimes hits right here. Because that's the thing is that we know that they're just affirming something we've been avoiding this whole time. Maybe it's someone who's too young. I mean, here I am, the, the young whippersnapper up here. I mean, I know I don't have enough grace in my hair just yet. I swear, I'm not dying it, I promise. So, but with it, though, is at the same time, I also have to be humble enough to realize that I still need to come to you to learn as well. Thinking of the Samuel is speaking these words and that following after God is that he still needs to learn from Eli. But he also has to speak truth at the times when it's false. But even beyond speaking truth when it may be difficult to say and difficult to hear, we also realize the times whenever we have to separate ourselves in order to hear what God has to say in the first place. See, we also hear about John the Baptist.
Baptist in our gospel. See, John the Baptist wasn't allowed to have anything to drink. He wasn't allowed to be having alcohol. So keep in mind that this was a time where it's like you had water, you had alcohol with wine, you may have some other things, but he's living in the wilderness. He doesn't have the ability to keep this wine with himself at all times. Not only does it mean that he can't enjoy it, but it also means that there are times when he's thirsty and he has to find his way to a river instead of having something nearby. How convenient would it be? And yet, he knew that he was supposed to keep his mind clear and focused. How many people in the Lutheran church would be very, very happy if we decided to spend a week and just said no alcohol for this week? I, I, I mean, we have a church body where Martin Luther's wife apparently had the best beer in all of the uh, city area, apparently. They've been trying to replicate the recipe for centuries, and they still can't quite do it. But how many ways in which we are not ready to give up anything just to try to hear God more clearly? Even things like fasting. He's out there eating locusts and wild honey. I love honey on my peanut butter, and it's great. That's like a little bit of a pleasure. That's not something I have to eat each and every day, because that's all there is. Yet at the same time, if we were to talk about fasting with our prayer life, how many of us would actually do it? Even if it were something like give up something, like we've got Lent coming up in a month. How many of us just hear, oh, great, that's that time to sacrifice. Well, good for you. Yet so often is that we're spending so much time consumed with eating, not because we actually need it, but because in many ways we're just bored. Or in many ways we can't find joy in something else, so we're substituting the things that we eat for something else. And then oftentimes, by spending some time away from it, whether it's 24 hours or letting go of something for a period of time, is meant to be able to help us in our focus. But would we? And so many ways that ends up leading us to Jesus in two ways. See, one is that Jesus in our story is baptized by John the Baptist. Now, does Jesus need John the Baptist to help him find forgiveness of sins? Well, no. Jesus is, is perfect. And John, in one of the other Gospels, makes that very, very clear. I should get baptized by you, Jesus. He says, no, no, no. This is for righteousness. This is the way it's supposed to be. See, Jesus is doing what is going to institute not only the way in which bringing the Jewish people to repentance, but also the beginning of a life of faith for all Christians, including Gentiles, which I'm pretty sure most of us fall into. But you see, he's doing it because it's right, not because he feels he needs to for his own sake, per se. But isn't that like us? How many things do we let fall by the wayside because in our minds we're saying, I don't really need that. I don't really need to spend time meeting with a small group or with people in this Bible study because, you know what, I've got too much else going on, and I already know the basics. Hey, I got confirmed. 
I got all this stuff in my head. I know all the facts. Instead of pausing to say that maybe the people in this group are meant to help you to stay grounded and focused, but also to care for you at the times when you're going to need it the most. Or even further than that, what if it turns out that the very thing that we need the most is the very thing that we've been taking for granted all this time? When was the last time that you paused and realized that you've been doing something for years and realized later that maybe that was not the most ideal practice? The way that you speak to someone, the way that we eat, the way that we rise, how much water we drink, but how much even more than that are spiritual lives. Then that even takes us to what happens to Jesus next. He said he ends up going further out into the middle of nowhere. See, John's already in the wilderness, and Jesus keeps going out even further. We don't know what it is about the Spirit saying you need to go, but he does. And what ends up happening, Satan finds him. Isn't that always the way? The times whenever we are struggling the most, the times whenever we're the most vulnerable, the times whenever we have the least going for us, and that's exactly when the temptations and the struggles happen. What are the things that Satan ends up offering? Why don't you turn these rocks into bread? Jesus is out there in the wilderness for a reason. There's a reason he has stepped away from everything. And yet now, at this moment, he's going to manipulate even the very earth itself just to make things easier. No. That's not why he was out there. Not what God was calling to in the first place. But the second thing, throw yourself off of this temple and, and show that God won't allow you to hit the ground. How many things do we give ourselves permission for? And we say, well, God forgives us. It's okay to keep doing this because God is loving and God forgives. And yet, how much are we just trying to prove what we can get away with? And then what goes further? I'll give you all the kingdoms. You'll bow down and worship me. Giving in to what Satan wants to do is not a one-time event. It's not just a, okay, fine, I guess you know we'll, we'll be okay with each other for right now. It is a path that never ends. And Jesus could not even give in from the How many ways have we given in for the things that make our life easier, even when we know that it is not pleasing to God? Sometimes following after God is meant to be just that hard. You see, we may end up having to speak the truth at a time when we know it's difficult. We may have to learn from or listen to the people that we don't want to humble ourselves 
Even when it may make our own pride. 